Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and changemakers. On November 1st, 2021, I embarked on the journey of writing my first book. My process was simple. I wrote every day by hand in a notebook. Little by little, I captured my thoughts until I completed the first draft over a month later on December 5th. I then started transcribing the words into Scrivener, and over the next month, the book started taking shape. Another month went by, a little bit of editing happened, but I slowed down. Then eventually I stopped. Why was I so willing to write ferociously in the beginning? Why was I not afraid of the blank page, but frightened of finishing? I got in my head. I let fear stop my progress, and I became yet another person to start a book and never finish it until a friend challenged me. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 636. You would rather sell your plasma than sell your book. On the surface, a rather harsh statement, but damn, is it true. 100% true. I was so willing to do anything and everything but actually finish this book. And, and I just avoided not only getting it to a point where I could sell it, but even getting it in front of people who could read it. Yeah, I've shared snippets and sections, but overall, I just clammed up. I feared the response. I feared how vulnerable this book made me feel. But it was shortly after that statement that my friend would go on to challenge me to share sections of the book on getting work to work. And for whatever reason, that seemed totally doable. So here I go. I'm going to read an actual section of the book about silence. But first, I thought I'd give you some details. The book is titled A Curious Journey, Learning to Coexist in Solitude, Relationships, and Community. It's all about curiosity as it relates to ourselves, between one another in relationship, and overall in community. I then go on to develop something I call the Curiosity Toolkit, which covers about 13 areas of curiosity using the human body as a metaphor. At this point, the book needs to be edited and refined. It is currently at 56,749 words, or roughly 180 pages. It's not too shabby for a first book, and you know, looking back at it, why wouldn't I be proud? So without further ado, I thought I'd share the chapter on silence. There's probably going to be some flubs here because I haven't edited it, but I'll try not to hedge too much. Silence. Your curious journey begins as mine does and continues daily by tilling up the soil of yourself, combining the secret with the surface. How does one get curious about who you are? Do you start by examining your dreams and aspirations, your accomplishments, regrets and failures, fears? So many places to start with an infinite number of questions, which can be daunting when starting out on this journey. Not to mention the amount of time it takes to reflect on your life. Chris, don't you know how busy I am? I don't have time for this. Can't you just tell me what to do? Our culture loves to tell people what to do. If you do this and that, you will find unending success. 
The low hum of success quickly becomes a cacophony of chaos as systems and frameworks seek to shape people and influence our thoughts before we even know what we're thinking. And instead of influencing others by choosing silence, you opt for self-influence. Getting curious about who you are and what you want requires you to tap into the building blocks of curiosity, intention, reflection, honesty, and silence. The world is noisy with notifications, commercials, attention demands, content, relationships, community. It can be challenging to get quiet, but it's not impossible. Examining the volume of your surrounding. How loud is your environment right now? Is it distracting? What do you hear? While writing the first draft of this book, I sat in silence. I could hear the whir of the DVR, the rumblings of distant airplanes, trucks, and cars. Occasionally, a song's melody would echo through my mind and escape my lips. Rain hitting the roof, overflowing gutters. My stomach growls. As I edit, the soundtrack shifts. Instead of silence, I turn on ambient music, The Puzzle, by Devin Townsend, to keep my focus on the task at hand. Sound is infinite, even when working in relative silence or sitting in an anechoic chamber, where reflected sound is eliminated. All that you are left with is the sound of your body, blood flowing, heart beating. While we often have no control over sound in public places, unless we wear noise-canceling headphones, Our personal spaces are our domain. A great place to start is by turning off music, dings, bings, and rings. The goal is to create a quiet space for focus and reflection, to examine what is and isn't working in your life. But it's in silent moments that fear emerges. What if I get bored? What if I don't like what I learn about myself? What if I hear my true self, my authentic voice? What if I hear God? Now those are fascinating and scary questions. As you add sound to silence, you exponentially increase distraction, which is the currency of the modern age of digital consumerism. The more distracted you are, the more you'll buy, click, and view in order to numb the pain of disconnection from your inner being and others. The more disconnected, the further you move away from your true source of power, purpose, and calling. Intentional and Reflective Silence To sit in silence, to contemplate your life with vulnerability and reflect upon what comes up with honesty, takes intention. The first question that often comes up is also the deepest, who am I? But as you consider that question, a flood of others enter your mind. Do I like who I am? Who do I want to be? Who did I want to be? What is the gap between who I am and who I want to be? How did I become who I am? What is my biggest regret? What is my greatest fear? What am I most proud of accomplishing? What if my life is meaningless? What if there's no point to life? What if no one loves me? Questions emerge like single drops of water forming a river of thought, eventually flooding your mind with chaos. The best way to shore up the banks of your mind and protect you from becoming overwhelmed is to pick one question and examine it. What if my life is meaningless? Well, the best answer to this question is another question. 
What have you accomplished in your life? Don't be afraid of questions that come up. Allow yourself to go deeper into whatever line of questioning appears. What impact have I had on others? For me, I've been able to inspire and motivate hundreds of people to unleash their creativity on the world. Is that enough? What does it look like to have more influence? Thousands, hundreds of thousands, billions. Aspirations begin to soar, but then reality quickly surfaces. Why do I need more? What acceptance and validation will I receive from influencing the masses? What do these needs say about me? Who am I? The line of questioning is both deep and circular in nature. As you examine the questions of your life, I hope you'll see why curiosity is both shunned and praised. It reveals what is often unseen, and it's not always glamorous and glorious, but it is absolutely necessary. Get honest with yourself. It is in the mire of the ugly truth that a fundamental curiosity question is revealed. What will I do with what I learned? Curiosity without honest, decisive, and timely action is like reading a book but never learning from it. It's like paying for a gym membership but never working out, and yet believing that you are getting in shape. It's going to school, putting in the minimum amount of effort, and expecting the same results as those who give everything they have. When you contemplate the questions that arise in silence, what comes up for you? Does it reveal another layer, a decision to make, or something else? Regardless, it's time to be honest with yourself. Are you actually living the life you want? If the answer is no, then what are you willing to do to live the life you want? It doesn't matter what the answer to these questions are. It's more important that you're honest with yourself. If you accept that you aren't living the life you want and don't want to do anything to change, you are in a better position than someone who refuses to accept the truth. By honestly admitting what you're willing to do, it allows you to then do something with purpose, even if it's nothing. As you keep exploring in silence with intention, reflection, and honesty, you might feel lost along the way. But as you connect with new areas of your being in these moments, listen deeply, and act decisively, you will be found as well. Well, that's the end of the section on silence. And it wasn't too bad reading it out loud. I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. And I hope that you will provide some much-needed accountability. Reach out to me if you want more. If you want to be a kind eye or a critical eye to read this book and give me some feedback, reach out to me. I'm Chris at chrismartinstudios.com. And help me get this done. I need to get this out into the world so that I can move on. Because believe it or not, I've got more ideas. I really appreciate you allowing me to have this space where I can share these things. And I hope that if you are feeling the same fear of putting something out into the world, that you will take a step forward just like I've done today. And special thanks to my friend Diane for encouraging me to do this. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.